Hello and welcome to World Show, the podcast where we tell stories based on worlds we've made. I'm Jordan. Okay, so I know that you want me to do the normal intro because you're really struggling with these intros, but one, you messed up the intro and I want everyone to know that, and two, you swore at me when we started this podcast, and that really <laughs> hurt my feelings. Hey, Cody! Just say your name! That's all you have to do! Well, you you have one job to do! Me. Now they all know my no, name. No, I didn't. I said, I'm Jordan. And then well, you did. just said my name to me. Who else would you be talking to, Jordan? Why, 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 why are you doing, why are you doing this? Because I just why like messing this? with the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> why are you, why, why are you doing this? You know, you know how stressed I get about the show. Oh, freak! I know what like, I can talk about. Anyways, I'm Cody. You, how are you? <laughs> literally crying. I am literally crying right now. I asked you how you're doing, Jordan. I'm devastated. Absolutely devastated. Oh, wait, hold on. Actually, really quick news. So I got the second dose of the vaccine on Tuesday. Break, and, break, break! Well, I got vaccinated. And then the, and the day afterwards, the vaccine destroyed me. Yeah. <laughs> like I had all of the known symptoms of like the fever, the chills, the body pain. Like I had all of it in that like 24 hour period. I was like, I hate everything. I'm like excited because I've already got a plan. I'm taking a sick day that like the afternoon after and the day after. I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm taking a sick day and me and my son are going to watch movies. And play video games, and we're just gonna have a lazy day on the couch, and that's all we're gonna do, because I am not gonna wanna move. <laughs> right? Yeah. Be sick and watch movies for sure. Child. First dose for me, I was like, it wasn't terrible, but like right after it, like within a couple hours, I felt like garbage. And then the next day, I was just like achy all day. So yeah, I'm assuming my yeah, next dose ex- is gonna be the same. I was expecting it to be fine because the first dose, the only thing was I had really bad arm pain. But other than that, I was great. I had Second that one, too. Like, yeah, I got home and I was like feeling tired and like eh, so I took a nap. I woke up and it felt like someone popped my arm out of the socket. Like it hurt that much. Like because I like I slept on my arm and it just I like could not move it. It hurt so much. I'm like oh. It begins, and then after that, I felt great up until like 11.30 p.m., and then everything just went downhill so fast. Like, it just skyrocketed downhill. It's like, ah. The, the, ex- the exciting thing for me, and I just want to say up front, I don't know anything about medicine. I don't pretend to be an expert. Yeah. All I do is read things on the internet from, like, Cody, actually, sources. Cody, I'm going to swear you in as an expert on the topic of medicine. Okay, great. I've read some documents from the CDC and WHO. That's that's my expertise. So take this with a grain of salt. Wait, what does the band have anything to do with this? Uh, but so from what I had read, right, um, with the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, significant um, like efficacy begins sometime after two weeks. Or, like, mm-hmm. around that mark, like, one, below one week and, like, up to two weeks, it's, like, 50s. And then after that, it's, like, 80s to 90s, um, and it just mm-hmm. keeps increasing. And I'm past two weeks, which feels really good, because I I work a lot of places with, like, not great masking, but a lot of those people are now fully vaccinated, and it's a lot outside. So I'm like, actually, this is probably okay, weirdly enough, because, like, at least, like, three quarters of these people are fully vaccinated, and... Also, we're outside, and also, I have now significant immunity to the coronavirus. And I'm like, that's weird to say in my head. 
Huh. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm still upset every time I see someone wearing their mask over their mouth and not their nose. Oh, I just like will walk into the store with the mask on and immediately take it off, and I just want to fight them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like that's I, I just why I get so angry about it. That's why I'm so excited about a vaccine because it's the first thing that's been like wearing a mask does do something to protect you. From what I understand, again, yeah. not a medical expert, but you know, I wear my mask. I'm a good boy. I got better masks, you know, because it's like good old boy. I don't just like when I'm at work, I wear like a not an N95, but something approaching it, um, because, you know, you can't really get N95s easily, and they're super expensive. Tape, just tape it over your face. Yeah, right, just, <laughs> I just suffocate myself, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't die of coronavirus if you die of suffocation. Right? So I try to do all the things I can do, right? But, like, if no one else does, it's still, it's much worse if other people don't for me. You know what I mean? It's like wearing a mask mostly keeps you from getting other people sick. So it's, like, nice that I'm like, oh, this is going to keep me from getting sick. Like, yeah, it's been, that's been a year coming of me doing a bunch of stuff to help other people and them not reciprocating. It's nice yeah, that right? this is something that's going to help me. Yeah, this this one's for me. Anyways, Cody, enough of the COVID talk. No one wants to hear it because we're all stressed. What have you been doing recently? Okay, so I was struggling. I didn't know what I wanted to talk to you about. And then I remembered. Oh, wait, no, there's two then things. I watched oh, Jordan, a really there's, good porno. There's two things. Well, yes, that's one of them, kind of. Um, <laughs> oh, let me no. get to it. God in heaven, help us all. So the first thing is I watched the Mortal Kombat movie. Mortal Kombat! Are you doing Cowboy Bebop or are you doing Mortal Kombat? I was doing Mortal Kombat. Well, why didn't you let me go for that long? Because I felt like you needed to. But so here's the deal with the Mortal Kombat movie. I don't want to get into spoilers because, you know, there's some twists and turns along the way. Um, I'm excited. They made a Mortal Kombat movie, and people, and on the screen, the monsters were punching, and there was the blood, and the monsters were punching. And I'm like, you know what? That's all I needed it to be. Yeah. You know, at one point, Scorpion pulled his mask off and breathed fire on Sub-Zero. You know, what they didn't explain is, so Scorpion died and went to Super Hell, and then he, like, killed Super Hell, and now, if you, like, use a dagger, he can just come back from Super Hell with Super Hell powers. Yeah! And they don't explain why any of that works. And I'm like... What's your issue with that? Yeah, okay, good. I was gonna say, what's your issue? That's Mortal Kombat. You don't don't. need to explain that. I don't care. I don't care who the necromancer is who can suck souls out of people. Mortal Kombat! I also I don't care that he can suck souls. He has a bird lady that's with him at one point. I don't care where she came from either. She gets cut in half with a hat that's being used as a table saw. That's all that I need to know. Yeah! Like it's, That's Mortal Kombat! Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? It didn't try to make sense. And it's I'm fine with not, that. Okay, my thing was, I heard a bunch of it. I thought it was going to be more serious. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be like a darker take on it. It's like, Mortal Kombat is supposed to be hokey and dumb. That's why they created it. That's what it's supposed to be on everything. It's supposed to be over the top and dumb. And that's why I've always liked Mortal Kombat. I liked the original Mortal Kombat movie because it's Dumb oh, it's mad. hilarious. It's it's so it's so bad. And I love how dumb it is. That's what Mortal Kombat is to me. And people are like, it has to be dumb. I want to see the... It's like, no, no, no. I just want to see someone get their spine ripped out. And I want to see Scorpion go, get over here. 
yeah, I want to see that. I was watching that. a reviewer talk about it, and so Scorpion it, with it, I don't know Scorpion's like backstory within yeah, Mortal whatever. Kombat. There's like no Mortal Kombat no lore. One, no, I don't know any of it. There's so, so much lore, and no one cares. <laughs> so in within the context of this movie, Scorpion is Japanese from like a long time ago in Japan, and and does not speak English at all, right? And the whole movie, he doesn't say a single line in English, right? It's all subtitled. And he's speaking Japanese. Except when he pops out of hell and impales someone with one of his knives attached to a chain and goes, Get over here! He's, yeah, dun, that dun, line dun, is in dun, English. Dun, 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 Who cares? Why would he say get over here? Did he learn English in hell? And I'm like, yeah, he, I literally he learned don't English care. in hell from like what of I don't know the millions of English speakers now. Come on, yeah, it's great. Apparently, I'm apparently so happy somewhere. to hear that it passes the Cody test. Yeah, it's just it was entirely it bonkers, be bonkers bananas. That's all I wanted it to be. I'll probably watch it in like a year when it comes out on DVD because I don't have HBO. But like, I'm so there was, I'm so ready. There was also one solid physical gag that made me very happy. So, um. Kano is like the best character in the movie. He's just Good. like That's Kano. Weird. We need you to be Australian and chew on the scenery like like crazy. And he's like, yeah, all right, I can do that. Like, great. You seem like a villain from the eighties. Why, is, why um, is Kano Australian? Okay, well, I, don't I don't care, know. but he is, and he's great the entire movie. So he goes out there and fights one of the I don't remember his name. He's the guy that shoots fire. I don't know Mortal Kombat that well. Yeah. Um. And he does, like, the low kick and knocks him over. And he stands up and he's like, all right, try that again. And he just kicks him again and he falls back on the ground. And then he's like, all right, one more time. And he, like, flinches. And Kano does, like, the up dodge, you know, where he just hops. Ah! And as soon as he lands, he does the same kick again and knocks him over. And it's like, I need to see this. That is amazing. The timing was perfect because he jumps. He like sees him flinch. He jumps and he goes, oh, fuck. And as soon as he lands, he gets kicked. And I'm like, yes. That's real. That's absolutely brilliant. I need to see this movie. It's just. I. I've always just liked how hokey Mortal Kombat is. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. And people take it way too serious. Like, it's like, guys, calm down. Mortal Kombat is kind of dumb. It's yeah. always been supposed to be like your it's supposed to be your edgy like cousin who thinks he's really badass, but like no one thinks he's badass, but he's like, yeah. And that's how they wrote it to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to actually be super badass. I will say, I think that they have like an original character who's like not Yeah, the main character is original Cole or whatever. Yeah. He's kind a, kinda lame. His Yeah. They, well, they have to have your audience analog eye roll, eye roll. You can't just make it like, you know, every other movie and just have, like, you know, it be its thing. Nope, we have to have the audience analog. Also, I did not I did not. Is Sub-Zero bad? Is Sub-Zero a baddie? Depends on which, which game, which point of view you're looking at. Because I'm just going to say, it's, Scorpion breathes fire and is from hell, and he's it, a good guy. And, well, Scorpion's also bad, but again... It depends on which side you're looking from in which game because Scorpion kills sub- the original Sub-Zero that his brother takes on the mantle of Sub-Zero and he fights. But then sometimes Scorpion is fighting for Shao Kahn. So it, none of it matters. None of it matters. I, I agree with you. I agree with Anyways, you. Anyways, yeah. what's the other one? Because we got oh. to speed up. 
Mortal Kombat! Look, you're the one that kept saying Mortal Kombat, so this is mostly your fault. Um, So, I I texted some of my friends. And I was like, Oh, wow, hey. is that a flex on me? Hey, I have friends, Jordan, and you don't. It's like, oh. I texted some of my friends and said, hey, I'm looking for a thirsty novel. I need some advice. Like like thirsty or like you're thirsty for a novel? No, no, like the no, first you want, one. You like, yeah, okay, you want thirst. Mm, yes, thirst yes, okay. right? And mm. so a friend messages me back, hey, uh, there's a novel that I've seen suggested some places. Um, well, it's I'm really called, sad I took out the ten minute sex scene out of my story. Crap. It's called Red, White, and Royal Blue. I'm not. I'm not oh, even going to no. engage with you on this because I know there was <laughs> never a sex scene, and I am disappointed by that. Um, it's called Red, White, and Royal Blue, a- and my friend's caveats were two. She was like, "Well, one, um, it's like a romance between two guys. Don't know if that's hey. like not cool for you. And two, um, it's about." A British person, so I'm also not sure if that's going to be a deal breaker. I, I love like, how the British person to me is like the more thing you were worried about than of <sighs> um, the because um, I love how you're more angry about British people than anything else. Like, yeah, like, I could be like, hey, there's child murder in this. It's like that's fine, but there's a British guy doing the child murder. What? <laughs> so, anyways, I get this book and it's pretty good. But here's the thing that won me over about this book: it's like uh, an enemies to lovers story, right? It's about yeah. the son of um the first female president in the united states this is like fictitious ah, there's the real and blue, huh? um a british prince right it's like a love story between these two characters and yep. the son of the president hates the prince at the beginning like he is obsessed with him and hates him and okay. first third of the book is just hating on british royalty and i'm like yep Yep, I'm here for this book. I love this book now. I love every single thing about this book because it is so... And then after he, like, gets with the prince, it's, like, a cute story. It's really, like, I really like it. I enjoy the way their relationship built. It was a very sweet story. And then it's just all about hating on every other British royal besides the prince. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I'm just, like, over here waving American flags. Like, (laughs) yeah. You're a grand little flag. You're a high five flag. The president is a Texan. Screw the British. <laughs> the homo, the free, the British. Yeah. So, anyways, that That's was that was my response to reading Red, White, and Royal Blue. Which, if you're looking for a thirsty novel, Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's pretty good. It's a fun time. I enjoyed it. Especially if you're a person like me who enjoys dunking on the British. Um, so, you know. Also, if any of our listeners are British, I'm sorry. It's like 90% a joke. Cody, it's like 60% a joke for you. It's like 60% a joke. Yeah. I, the, the thing is, I just got sick of people telling me how great Shakespeare is and how British people are smarter than Americans. I just got bored of that. And then I read American Gods. It's a Topic we don't have to rehash. Yeah, we really don't because every time I've ever mentioned anything British, you go on this tirade about how much you hate it. I just read American Gods and it made me so angry. Made me so angry, Jordan. Anyways, sorry. It's fine. My thing is old stuff. So what I've been doing recently is more anime, man. So um, recently on one of the Discord servers I'm on, everybody's like, hey, we're going to watch Evangelion for the first time. And so we had a bunch of people watch Ava for the first time. And they're like, okay, now we're going to like get together How'd and watch the last... Go? Hold on. Now we're going to get together and watch the last two episodes as a group and then watch the movie. And so one of my friends was like falling way behind. 
shout out to you, Kala. You're great. And like, I'll give a shout out. If I remember, I'll give a shout out to your business at the end of this. But so Carl was like, hey, it's like, I was like, I'm going to be watching at this time. It's like, can someone help me like watch with me and finish it? And so on Saturday, I got with Carla and I watched um, 14 episodes. Well, sorry, 12 episodes of Ava one day. No, no, I was right. 14 episodes of Ava one day and the movie all in one day. My brain hurt afterwards. But Did your like, eyes liquefy? No, no. It was like it got to like when we were on the last two episodes. Like, I'm going to go take like a long walk because I need to do anything other than watch like anything right now. But I will say I. So this is my what? Fourth time? Third or fourth time watching through it. Still enjoy it. I Because I've been wanting because the final movie came out in Japan. Like the final like final Ava media ever came out in Japan. Um, recently like so i've been wanting to do a rewatch and then like rewatch all the movies and stuff like that to get like back into it before like watching the final final thing ever created for it and so i was like i've been wanting to do this and then finally like actually getting to sit down and rewatch it again and like still finding things i didn't notice the first time and then watch the movie which oh end of ava is uh that's a movie i'm kind of confused me... what how the show isn't just the end what do you mean watch the show you watch the show in the movie and we, we've had this conversation before. did i watch the movie yes we had this oh. conversation before whoops yeah. sorry okay you didn't watch because the, then okay so there's the movie in ava and then there's the rebuilds which are the remake movies where they kind of like do a retelling of the story and then it takes like a different turn after the second movie that's what i'm saying those four oh. so there's four of those and the final ava ever is set in that like version of ava not the original can we say spoiler warning here? I want to say spoiler yeah, sp warning. Spoiler, spoiler warning. warning. If you want to not be spoiled, skip ahead like five minutes. What is the what is the difference with the second thing? Like, how does it end differently? Okay, so basically what happens is first movie starts out. It's like the first eight episodes where it's like, oh, him meeting Ray. Then they fight the pyramid um, angel and they, well, sorry, diamond angel. They blow that up. Second movie kind of sort of the same way they meet Asuka and they're like fighting angels and then but this time instead of Shinji defeating it and the Ava eating the angel and then going on to the end of what Ava would be this time third movie starts after the impact of like gotcha which one do you think is a better ending for the story I haven't seen the last movie yet but um oh okay, better gotcha. ending for the story I think the manga I think the manga is the best ending for the story Oh, so you've read the manga. <laughs> yeah, I've read the manga, and I think it like it knocks it out of the park. So not going to spoil that. So if anybody wants to... Hey, here's the after spoil. If anybody wants to read the Ava manga, go ahead and do so, because it's fantastic. Anyways, we got to get to our actual show, Getty. We should, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Mortal Kombat! Da -da -da -da. <clears throat> um, so, I guess we don't roll, because I go first on these, huh? Yeah, I mean, unless you just want to switch it up this time for fun. Not really. <laughs> okay. So you go first. Like, I mean, I don't necessarily want to go first, but I mean, I think we already have, like, the rhythm. We've been doing this. I mean, technically we could, because this is, the like, the first episode after the halfway point. I love just letting you sit here and argue with yourself about... Do you want to Do you want to roll? Structures? Just... No, Jordan, you don't understand. What I want to do is sit here and listen to you argue with yourself about your own made-up rules. No, actually, <laughs> your really, face. <laughs> really think this this whole rule of me continuing to go first wasn't mine. This was you saying that we should keep the same order. So if you want to say my made up rules, this was your plan. 
you freaking jack one you're still doing it and two i i suggested that no you said we need to do it and i follow suit i never wanted this okay so do you want to switch it back no you're making me angry now i'm actually legitimately ready to fight i'm like ready to go that's why we do this remotely. Like, I know we talked about, because we're both going to be vaccinated. <laughs> why? Because I could, could jump over like, the table uh, and strangle you in actual life? We could do an in-person episode, and I'm like, I think I would just end up getting something thrown at my head. <laughs> no. Because you'd okay. see my actual stupid face smiling at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm watching as you I ask a egg me on. question. <laughs> yeah, as you egg me on on purpose, it's like, okay, you, you, wanna, you want me to fight, huh? So, anyways. This is a very safe dynamic for me. I can act like a nutcase, and the worst thing you can do is hang up on me. (laughs) I freaking hate you. Okay, anyways, getting to the actual show part of the show. You know that thing that we're actually supposed to do every week? Yeah, I'm ready. So, Cody, do you remember what happened to my story last time? Uh, Yeah, they, uh, they fixed the goat situation. Yep. So the goat's all squared away, and then... Um, gonna level with you. Don't remember any character names from your story. Um, so character one and character two got an assignment from character three that has to do with character two's backstory. Yeah, you're not wrong, but this is why something would get thrown at your head immediately. (laughs) I just don't remember names. I think, okay, okay, can I be honest with you? I think... Nate and Daniel. Yeah, Cody. You ah, 100%, nailed 100% it. And then, and character three, character three's name is Salazar? No, not even close. Alistair. Amos. Alistair. Alistair. Dang, I like, goofy. I like how you were like, like dipping your foot in the water. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take the plunge. Salazar. Salazar. <laughs> no, okay. No. I knew it was something like that. <laughs> it's like, uh, Salazar. We'll see what it is, is, um, like, Alistair is, is, right, Alistair Moody, like, Mad-Eye Moody from Harry Potter, and Salazar is, uh, Salazar Slytherin. They're both Harry Potter characters. I remembered it was one of the goofy Harry Potter names, I just didn't remember which one. I completely forgot his name was Alistair Moody. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out, I remember stupid, useless things. Like, uh, but not forever. that's important to your co-host. That's great. But not anyway. something else. So yeah, my story, no, so, okay. Remember. Like Cody said, we ended the GOAT situation. So that arc with the anomaly is done. It leads off to Danny and Nate are the partners, you know, um, are the partners hunting anomalies. And they meet up with Alistair at a bar who gives them their new mission, which happens with, um, at... The Hos- Marion Hospital, there have been a bunch of um, suicides recently, and they've detected an anomaly, so they feel like the suicides and the anomaly are paired together, and so Alistair wants to send the two of them to investigate. But also turns out Marion Hospital is where Nate's mother is staying because she has some sort of magical story disease. <laughs> and so... <laughs> right? Story MacGuffin disease. And so... There are issues between Nate and their mother. So, um, yeah, now we're going to get to see what happens with that. So they're hunting the anomaly, but also having to deal with the personal issues of Nate and their mama. Mama! So this is, um, chap- sorry. The story is 
technically still called Anomaly Hunters Inc. I haven't come up with a better name yet. If anybody has a better name, please send it in to worldshoppodcast at gmail.com. Please, thank you. Um, so this is Anomaly Hunters Inc. Anomaly Hunters Inc. Part six or chapter six, awkward reunion. I didn't hear from Nate after leaving the bar that night. Not a call or a text, not a single peep. We had a good back and forth usually. There was never any hesitation to reach out to each other. Nate would hit me up, even if it was something random like teasing me about video games. They would send, hey, did you beat the dragon princess? To me from time to time after I spent way too much time on a stakeout talking about fantasy games. It was only for a night, but not hearing anything at all from Nate was slightly alarming. I had sent a few check-in texts, but no response. I had a feeling they would try to get back to me in the morning, but no such message was waiting for me. The thought crossed my mind to check in with them again, but I didn't want to continue to push. I had no clue how to approach the situation other than to sit back and support when they needed me. But to not do or say anything was completely hopeless. I got ready in the morning and headed over to Marion Hospital, hoping Nate would be waiting for me there. If they were a no-show, then I would worry and figure something out. Until then, it was my job to make it to the hospital and shut out all the flooding thoughts that rushed to my head. Even despite the complicated personal nature of the case, there was the case itself. What kind of anomaly could possibly be causing the suicides? I've heard of ones that cause hallucinatory effects, others that cause extreme negative emotions, things like panic attacks and major depression. Usually, those anomalies were noticeable and more of an area-wide attack. Those type of things would lead more to a mass suicide or violent breakout rather than just one or two deaths. The deaths in this case were spread out. They almost seemed like they were not connected, but they were close enough together and our sensors had picked up the anomaly's presence. Any other group would have overlooked this or used some other explanation, such as a gas leak, to explain it. I had a feeling Alistair was working with the media in order to get the word out there. Otherwise, it would just disappear. After a short drive on a rather beautiful spring day, I pulled into the large parking lot of Marion Hospital, made my way to the back. Yeah, made my way back to the extended care wing where I spotted Nate's red jeep in the back. After the settlements came from the Lambert case, Nate had to, had decided to go with something a little more durable and a little bit more stylish than a minivan. I was relieved to see it. It meant that at the very least, Nate was here. From here, I could talk to them and see if there was anything they needed. All I wanted to do was be there for my friend. I just didn't know what that looked like yet. As I approached the hospital, I finally saw them. Nate was sitting on the curb by the front sidewalk, elbows on their knees, just staring at a lit cigarette in their hands. The smoke from the cigarette billowed and danced in front of their face as it dissipated in the warm but damp spring air. Hey, I thought you quit, I said to Nate, announcing my presence as I got closer. I haven't smoked it, just sometimes when I get a little overwhelmed, I like to watch the smoke rise and smell that awful harsh odor, Nate said, looking up at me. You, you're going to be all right, I asked bluntly. Yeah, it's all part of the job. Sometimes you just have to do things you don't like to make sure everyone else is safe. It comes with the job. You know, you're not alone in this, right? I said as Nate flicked the cigarette towards the parking lot and watched until it landed. Yeah, I know. Despite you being an adult who is 10 minutes late, I know you got my back. That's the Nate I know. Still kind of a douchebag, I said with a chuckle. <laughs> you know it, shall we? Nate said, reaching towards me for help standing up. 
I grabbed their hand and pulled them to their feet. So, what's the plan? How do we start this one? I said as Nate brushed the back of their blue jeans off. Well, we are here under the pretense that I'm just checking in on my mom. Not to draw any unwanted attention. I say we just bite the bullet and get the worst part out of the way now, Nate said, looking towards the hospital. Yeah, that way we can start snooping around once the nurses and doctors come in. It will be easy to just bring things up. Like, hey, there's been some trouble. Is everything under control? We can figure out what the thoughts are in the hospital and then move on from there. See? You're starting to think on your toes. Good, good. Carry some of this burden from being the top agent for me, Nate said in their usual joking tone. I couldn't tell if things were back to normal, as if my presence helped calm Nate, or if they were just forcing themselves to act normal in order to relieve the stress of the situation. But... Nonetheless, we entered the hospital and walked towards the front desk. Can I help you two? The old nurse at the desk said in a sweet tone. Yeah, we are here to visit a patient. Rachel Winters, Nate said, leaning on the front desk. And what is your relationship with the patient? I'm her child, and this is my work partner, Nate said, motioning to me. Oh, you must be Natalia. Rachel has told me all about you when I'm doing my rounds after lunch, the nurse said, handing us a clipboard to sign in. How about that? Nate scoffed, scribbling on the clipboard and handing it to me. Yes, she talks about how lovely you were when you were a kid. Says she hasn't seen you in such a long time and didn't really get to see you grow up. But she misses you very much. You know, you should visit your mother more often. A good child takes care of their parents, you know. And from what I've heard, you are a good daughter, the old nurse said. I thought I was overstepping, but I kept my mouth shut and just signed the paper. You know, I would if she actually ever acted like a mother, Nate said in a bitter tone, taking the clipboard from me and almost shoving it into the woman's hands. I could tell Nate was angry, so I put my hand on their shoulder to signal that I was there to step in if needed. Nate gave me a quick nod. Um, what room is Miss Winters in? I asked, taking the cue from Nate and butting in. Oh, sorry. Slipped my mind. She is in room 304, third floor, and to the right of the elevator. You know where that is, right, Natalia? The woman said, still in the same sickly sweet tone. Perfect, thanks, I said as Nate was already turning to leave. I followed closely behind as they headed to the elevator. <sighs> of course the nurse knows me as Natalia. Rachel could never just call me Nate. And it was solely my fault we drifted apart. Had nothing to do with her trying everything just to keep me as her sweet little daughter. Nate said angrily as we reached the elevator. Once we entered, they let out an exasperated grunt. I knew it wasn't the same thing, but part of me understood how Nate felt. I, I understood what it was like to have parents who tried their everything to make you fit into a mold you never wanted to fit into. I'm sorry. I should have spoken up, I said. Not your fault. Not your burden. You do what you can. Thanks for stepping in before I broke the clipboard over her head. What right did she have to tell me how to act with my mother? Yeah, that was a bit of a overstep. But what do you expect from a dumb small town like Westonville? I said. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This whole place can be a bit much sometimes. The elevator beeped and the door slid open with ease. Nate led the way to Rachel Winter's room and didn't stop for a second. Look... <laughs> I know you have my back, but let me handle this. Rachel is... 
Rachel is difficult, but she is my mother, and I've dealt with her before. If I need you to butt in, I'll signal you, but otherwise, just let me handle it, okay? Nate said with a serious but sincere tone. I was worried about them. They knew what they were doing. Best I could do was play support. <sighs> Nate took a deep breath and knocked on the already open door. Mom, it's me, they said in a sheepish tone before entering the door slowly. I stayed close behind and entered as well. The room was your usual hospital setup with a TV in front of a large hospital bed with a few chairs, a couch, and monitors to the side. Under the TV was a large dresser where two ferns sat next to a picture of a young Nate. Nate in the picture couldn't have been more than six years old with a giant smile on their face as they wore roller skates, pads, and a helmet. They were covered in cuts and scrapes in that picture, but they were still beaming. I could see why their mother still had this picture set up in the hospital room. Nate's mother, Rachel, was propped up in the bed connected to monitors and an IV, but didn't seem to mind at all. After being here for so long, it was probably second nature. She looked to be in her late 50s, early 60s, and was rail thin. She had long, sandy hair that fell past her shoulders and soft but old features. Really, it was surprising because she looked almost exactly like Nate. Same dull blue eyes, same thin lips, same dark eyebrows, and even and she even smiled the same. Natalia, I mean, Nate, I'm so happy you came to visit me, she said in a sweet tone with a smile. It's been so long, I've missed you. Yeah, Mom, I'm back. It's been a while, Nate said dimly. I sat behind Nate and stood there awkwardly, not knowing what to do. It was one of those situations where I just put my hands in my pockets because I had no clue what else to do with myself. Who is this with you? Is he your boyfriend? She asked with an air of excitement, motioning to me. No, Mom, nothing like that. He's my work partner, Nate said back, flustered. Hi, I said with a sheepish wave. From the advertising job? Rachel asked. Yeah, they've had us on a few projects together, so we've been together for most of the year, Nate said, spinning the lie. Yeah, it's been a busy year, but we've been pushing through, I said, going along with Nate's lie. I could tell I sounded super corny, but hopefully Rachel would just think I was quirky. You know, Rachel said, letting out a deep breath. You know you don't need to put someone in between us like a wall. You can just come here by yourself. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm your mother. I love you, Rachel said, sounding hurt. Mom, it's nothing like that. He's here because we just finished up a project. Wanted to keep me company, Nate said defensively. You come here for the first time in almost a year. We haven't talked. Not a call, not even a letter. The doctor says you still answer his calls, but nothing from me. Why show up out of the blue if you were just going to bring backup? Rachel blurted out. I was worried about you, okay? Nate said, raising their voice. All that shit on the news about suicides? It's not normal. And the doctor said things could take a turn again. I just... I just thought now was a good time to come back. Danny's here because I was nervous. That's all. But what do you have to be nervous about? Rachel said, raising her voice as well. Things were extremely awkward and I was caught in the middle of it. If I just left, it would make things worse. All I knew was that I wanted to be there for Nate in whatever sense that was. What do I have to be nervous about? Really? Like you don't know. Nate said, almost shouting. Every time I come here, you call me by the wrong name. Tell me that I'm wrong in my decisions. 
Then you try to pry yourself into my life. Try to shape me into what you want me to be. I'm your mother. I only care. I just want what's best for you. Rachel shouted. You didn't care when you left dad and I to fend for ourselves. You don't get to decide what's best for me when you can't even accept me for who I am. Nate shouted right back. I'm trying, honey. That's all I can do right now. Were you trying by always talking about how you wish I stuck to ballet or how cute I used to be when I wore dresses? Or were you trying by never using the right name, regardless if I'm here or not? Were you trying to be there for me when you told me it was dad's fault I was so messed up and confused? Is trying denying everything I am as a person? Is that the definition of trying to you? I could hear the pain in Nate's voice. It sounded like years of family struggle finally coming out. Judging by the look on their face, part of them regretted blurting all of that out. But despite that, I thought it was probably for the better. The room fell dead silence. Rachel was taking in what Nate had said. Her head was lowered, looking at her hands, fidgeting as if to focus on anything but the situation at hand. Did you just come here to yell at me and tell me I did a horrible job as a mother? Rachel said, barely above a whisper. She raised her head to look at Nate and I. Her eyes were filled with tears. I came because I was worried about you. Despite everything I have against you, you're still my mother. I still care about you, Nate said quietly. I could tell the anger was still there, but it had to deflated a bit. But why now? Why are you back now? Rachel asked through tears. You're right. This was a bad time. I should just go. Glad to see you're doing all right. Nate said as they turned and began walking out the door. Wait, honey, please come back, Rachel called after them. Sorry, ma'am, we'll be right back, I said to Rachel before turning and following Nate out the door. Hey, hey, wait up, I called after them. Nate was walking fast and almost halfway down the hallway. I had to do a short jog to catch up to them. I'm done, dude. I can't keep doing this with her, Nate said defeated. I get that, but we have other goals here. I said back, trying anything to keep them from walking out. We can figure something else out, okay? There's always more than one way to solve a problem. But there is no but, Nate said, cutting me off before I got a word out. She makes me feel horrible about myself. I thought last time she was getting better. Then I came back and saw she is still treating me like the person she wants me to be behind my back. Nate paused and looked down. I still introduce myself as Natalia because of her. There's still a part of myself that I can't accept because of her. Then make her see who you really are. Stride on past what she expects and continue being you. Yeah, it's a cornball answer, but you're not what your mother wants you to be. You're Nate, anomaly hunter extraordinaire, my friend. <laughs> it's not that easy, Danny, Nate said back. I constantly feel like I'm not living up to what I'm supposed to be. Constantly feel like a failure in her eyes. You're not a failure. Your mother doesn't get to define what success is for you. Your mother doesn't get to define who you are. You made up your mind. You like who you are. I like who you are. The no-name crew likes who you are. So to hell with what she thinks. If she refuses to learn, then we don't have to come back here ever again. But... Uh kind of hate this, but I guess I can't help but see myself in your shoes. Before I joined No Name, I was living in constant doubt of myself because I chose differently from what my parents wanted. 
I know it's not the same thing. So I, I hate putting myself as if I'm you, but I wish I could have had the confidence in myself to be happy with what I chose. I wish I could have had the confidence in myself to be happy with what I chose. I wish I could have gone back before it was too late and showed them that there were other ways than theirs. And despite a turbulent life, I was happy with my choice. You aren't who your mom wants you to be. You are you, and you deserve the chance to show her that, I said. I I don't want to miss my chance to show her she's wrong about me. I also don't want to miss the chance to see her finally accept me. This is hard because everything in my brain is just telling me to get the hell out of here and have another group step in to solve the anomaly problem. I want to do this, and at the same time, I don't. You know, it's a tough situation. Nate said, looking me in the eye. I could tell they wanted my support, and either way I leaned on the subject, they were looking for some sort of answer. Then, let's go back. Try again. See if she's true to her word about trying. If it doesn't work, we can leave and let Alistair figure something else out. It's perfectly fine to back out, I said. It seemed reasonable enough, but at the same time, part of me didn't want to be throwing Nate to the sharks. I have your back, okay? No one shoulders the whole mission. That's a rule, right? Damn right you have my back. She's sick and dying, and Dad... <sighs> Dad would have wanted me to give her another chance. And not just leave things without closure. He always tried to see the best in her. I just... I just can't do this alone, okay? Nate said, then wrapped me in a tight hug. It was the first time we ever had contact like that. I reached to hug Nate back, but before I could, they let go, leaned back, and punched me in the shoulder. Don't get soft on me now. You're right. We have a job to do. Anomaly ain't gonna hunt itself, they said, forcing their usual energy back to the surface. Sure thing, boss, I said. Nate sped walked past me and back into Rachel's room. I quickly followed behind, apologizing to a nurse I pushed by. You're back? Rachel said, surprised. Nate, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for storming you off. Nothing else, though. Let's try this again, Rachel, but I'm not going to do this forever, Nate blurted out. I'm sorry. We, we can start over again, Rachel said with a smile. The second time around, things were different. Years of family drama doesn't just disappear after a short apology. They were aware of the issues, and at times the awareness was potent. But both Nate and Rachel seemed like they were trying to make things work this time around, trying to be patient with each other, trying to learn from years of drama. It wasn't perfect, and maybe not the best option for both of them, but it was a step. It was a chance that I wish I had. I knew when I came back here things weren't going to be perfect. Hell, things probably would have been far from good. I might have even run off again. But I wish I wish I had the chance regardless. The chance to mend wounds rather than thinking about how I will never get that chance again. I couldn't dwell on it too much. We had a job to do, and I wanted to support Nate. Part of me felt bad about pushing Nate back into something they weren't ready for yet as if I knew what was better for them than they did. Nate was strong for even walking back into the room, and even if I was wrong, they were taking a step forward rather than running away like I had. Things seemed like they could be headed to a pos things seemed like they could be headed to possible closure. Though in the back of my head I knew we weren't there for a family reunion fun time. No, it was almost time for the hunt to start. And that is my sixth chapter. I, I like that this chapter felt like a stage play. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I enjoyed writing it, and I also enjoyed like actually doing, like, actually acting it out. Yeah, one set, just dialogue, mm. which I don't mean in a bad way. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree because like this is a weird like don't. I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It reminds me of something that I would write because it's just like, what is this? Just dialogue, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I like that. I, I, I enjoy those types of scenes where it's like very focused on this one moment. Well, you know what I mean? It, it's like when we did the Western, sorry, West, Westerton. Yeah. Westerton Chronicles. Sorry. I use, so my hometown has a similar, um, name. So I use that a lot when I write about like small towns because that's what I know. So Westerville, yeah, it's the Westerton. West. I decided, Jordan, I decided what it's called. It's the West podcast universe. <laughs> the West. Anything you do <laughs> that's like set in a town. I think from the now West on, I, I should, universe. yeah, from now on, I should just do like all of it's like set in like the, the Western like cinematic universe, the Western podcast universe. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, so all, like these are all basically the same place. Anyways, being honest the with point ourselves. I was gonna make is it's like um the Westington Chronicles when like the scene where they had like the big fight in Sam's room, where it's like I, I just yeah. wanted to do something that like was was deep dive into like the characters' emotion, like like you see a lot of the characters or who they are, like what drives them, like what they're thinking in that scene. I was just like wanted to hash it out with this argument, like really because like straight up you meet nate like and it's kind of already established nate is who they want to be and like it's kind of just confident in that but then you see as we go on like it's not all there and like half it's an act and half it is due to this personal struggle they've had with their mother all these years yeah no i think it, i think it really came through and i think giving it that um giving it the time and this like Having that scene be as long as it was, and as fleshed out, I think, kind of let it, it, it gave you the opportunity to express that well, you know what I mean? Because, like, kind of the nature of writing shorter stories, right, is that we sometimes kind of have to be pretty quick about how yeah. things happen, you know? But I think that, since that was, like, an important thing for that character, giving it, like, that time of day to, like, breathe yeah. <laughs> as a concept was a good yeah, cause, idea cause, like i mean all the other ones that i did were like quick like one shot stories and that's why i wanted to set it up and like to do this scene i felt like we need to have context of who danny was context of who nate was and like context of what this whole job was in the first place i didn't want this to be like the only mission they went on because that would have felt weird it's like you met this person and then suddenly you're doing this thing that's like very personal to them because i like this was always yeah. this like arc was always my plan for the story like the goat was something no, that this came was second a, but this was, was always my plan for the story and i wanted to have that context for the character going into it well and when we talked about doing this and you mentioned to me like oh you know i kind of want to do three stories i'm like well I think what I said was, like, my feedback to that was, like, it should be at least that the... If there's three separate stories, there should be an arc to the characters. Yes. And, well, that, and which I think is that very was my much plan the, the whole entire time. And that's, like... Yeah. Because, I, I mean, even before, like, actually like, sitting down doing the, um, like, outline, it was, like, my arc to have Danny be the type of character who had, like, family issues. And, like, he ran away, he's coming back to fix it, and then it's too late. And then Nate to be the character who has family issues and still has a chance to either to decide yeah. what to do about it. And I wanted it to be very, like, to the stories to be, like, a fun setting for something that's very personal to the two characters together. And, like, for them no, to kind of connect they... and, like, bond over this, like, 
messed up family dynamic that they both have. I think the two characters play off of each other well in that way because they are kind of approaching it from two separate sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's... They have two perspectives because, like you said, one of the characters doesn't get a chance to fix things with their family and the other character might, you know, yeah. it just depends. So it's it's an interest it's an interesting to have two um perspectives on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know. I really it's one of those things where I really like the characters that I made. It it's it's always starts out where like I'll like just, you know, decide on the characters and as I write them I'll like fall in love with like who they are. And usually it's like like usually I would fall in love with like the Nate character and be like, Oh yeah, Nate's great. I just want to write more and more about them. But like, honestly, as a dynamic, I like the two of them, like Danny being more of the every man who's kind of first jumping into it. And then Nate yeah. being like the veteran who's still like learning the ropes, but like he's been in this world for a very long time. And I, I, I like them as a team and I really like writing them because it, it's a fun dynamic to write. Anyways, so sorry, every animal in my house decided it needed to be down here doing laughs. So I that's that's fine, my dude. Kerfuffles in the background. Uh, all right. So Jordan, you ready for uh, this jelly? Yes. Yes. Now, okay. So full disclosure, this chapter is eleven pages long, but it's like weirdly triple spaced for some reason because I wrote it in Word and then copied it to Google Drive and then it got all goofy. So, I don't know how long this is, but I'm worried it's very long, so that's why I'm I am glad this is going to be our longest story episode yet. I think we're just going to increase the length every episode. Alright, so, you ready, Jordan? Yeah. Alright, so, last time was The Hauntening, where um, Amy and Mary put on a dinner for Milo and Miles Clover, and then that night... Amy was haunted by the house. She was attacked by the creepy statues that are in her entryway. And then Mary ran in and saved her and offered her a cup of tea. Okay, yeah. So, which, you know what? I'm going to say I already realized I have a plot hole here, which is at no point do I reference that cup of tea. In <laughs> the next so, for what I'm about to read, pretend like both characters are holding a cup of tea and like have blankets on and, you know, whatever set dressing there is something very wrong with mary's cottage it's small and far too decidedly cozy the little brick building has a tiny footprint but is two stories tall leaning against one side of the house there's a cute little greenhouse and surrounding the building is a mass of gardens that seem to be haunted by the death of fall there is a chimney with a faint trickle of smoke pouring out into the dark sky we walk up to the building in silence the windows glowing softly with firelight and oil lamps. The smell coming from the cottage is wonderful. The smoky smell of burning apple wood with a whiff of yeast and cinnamon waft from the house, combining with the dry scent of autumnal harvest. When she pushes the door open, I actually start laughing. There is a limestone fireplace and the walls are bare brick and wooden beams. Brightly colored rugs cover the floor and a cute little kitchen took up... A cute little kitchen took up most of the room, but around the fireplace there were a few well-worn couches and a little pile of books. I had just experienced the worst terror I had ever dared to imagine, then the cutest little, the cutest little cottage right out of a fairy tale. 
I just started laughing hysterically. Amy? Amy, are you alright? Maybe we should just turn this into the B&B. It's much more welcoming. Um, Amy? Not that it would... Uh, not that it would... Mm. Come on, you got this. No! Sorry. You could I do this. Wrote, not instead of no. Breathe in! No, it would be great. It wouldn't even need that much renovating. We could just work on a venue. And we could call it cozy and then you know we'll have to move out and maybe we could split your bedroom into a couple rooms i'm sure we could get some people we could even do ghost tours amy stop the finale of the tour could be the knife dodge if you die we'll give you your money back sounds great right mary threw a glass of water in my face what was that for i sputtered through the water you were hysterical and we can't both be freaking out I'm already freaking out, and I didn't expect the house to reject you, and I really didn't expect it to go this fast. Wait, did you know this was gonna happen? And you let me stay there, Mary? Are you serious? How could you just let me stay in a house that was going to kill me? What is the matter with you? I didn't know, Amy. I thought, well, at worst I thought they might turn on some faucets or maybe shake your bed. Make a cold spot? Well, who's they? Oh... Oh, did I not mention, they're mostly the departed men members of the Order of the Vitam, as well as other visitors. The other ghosts mostly come and go, you know. G ghosts What? Are you saying the house is haunted? What? Have you not seen ghosts before? No, Mary. I have not seen goddamn ghosts before. Well, it's hardly my fault that you didn't know about ghosts. I thought it was a family thing. My mind was racing. The shadows, the smell, the creeping feelings that I've been having since I was a child. Were those ghosts? Well, what do ghosts look like? Well, I have no idea. I can't see them like your uncle could. What? Wait, start over. My uncle and the members of this Order of the Vitamins or whatever... They let dead people stay in the house, and just because he could see them, they were allowed to just stick around? Well, to be honest, I don't fully know. I was just the cook, remember? But yes, that's the gist of it. Your uncle was kind of a beacon to the spirits, and the order formed up around your family to research and, I suppose, control spirits. And now, I, I, I guess you are that beacon... And I also guess that the existing spirits of the house didn't like their new landlord. Oh, is that so? Yeah, may so maybe not only the does ball. the memory of Sorry, my... Keep going. I'm just huh? commenting to, in my own head out loud about your characters. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe you pissed them off. Maybe. Uh, is that so? So not only does the memory of my uncle, Miles Clover, but now all the ghosts don't like me, huh? Well, Mary, I have two questions for you. One... Is your house haunted? And two, do you have a sledgehammer? N nothing will hurt you in my cottage, and yes? The next morning I woke up early and walked into the shed behind the cottage and found the biggest sledgehammer I could find. I hefted the hammer in two hands and smiled, feeling the reassuring weight in my hands, and slung the handle over my shoulder and walked back into the house in the early morning fog, whistling a merry little tune. I can't whistle very well, and I imagine it was annoying. I can only hope. 
All right, give me a pause here. I'm going to get a drink of water. Oh, you're about to do a voice that's going to freaking destroy you, aren't you? No, I just got done doing a bunch no, of voices. No. And so, you know, I'm trying to... I'm thinking it might read smoother if I take little breaks here instead of just, like, reading for 20 minutes straight. Me? <clears throat> no, I'm saying <laughs> I'm that kidding, for me, I, like, need to drink some water, compose myself. The door to the house slams open. The entryway is dark and full of the same statues that were hurl- that were hell-bent on killing me the night before. I could see the scars in the floor where the stone had drugged through the polished cherry wood, lighter wood now showing through against the aged dark surface. Leaves blew in with me as I slowly walked in, the statues all back in their original spaces. But the chandelier was still mashed. Pfft, still mashed. But the chandelier was still smashed and one large stone knife is still sunk into the wall at head level. The one that had uh, the one that had been thrown by a statue the night before. I smile warmly into my new home. I don't know if I've introduced myself. My name is Amy Grimes, and I own this house. So let me make one thing clear. If you want to stay here, you're going to follow the rules, and you will pay rent. You got that? The house is silent but I can almost feel the rage. It's waiting, coiled like a spring, prepared to strike, to kill, to scare. I can feel everything in this house looking down on me. Maybe I'm losing it, but I'm starting to think I'm understanding this place. Okay, I'm going to take that silence as you agreeing to my terms. So let me make this clear. Whatever of my uncle is left in this place, I don't care. I am the master of the house. So, whatever else is here, you have a choice. Get in line or pay the price. I rest the hammer against the head of the stone statue in front of me. The face of the statue is taut with rage, frozen, solid solid as stone. When the metal of the hammer clinks on the statue, I can hear a light echo ring around the muted house. The seconds drag on, the hammer resting against the head of the statue. All at once, I roll my arms around my shoulders and bring the hammer down on the head of the statue. It cracks and split, and splits, uh, the frozen face shattering. The sound of breaking rock and ringing steel fills the house as wham, 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 <laughs> wham. I reduce the statue to dust. Yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep, keep going. I'm sorry, I'm invested. <laughs> A little, out, a little out of breath, I address the house again. All right. Now who's next? I wonder who threw the knife last night. Let's see. I start to walk around the crowd of statues and find the one that is missing a knife. Ah, there you are. I believe you tried to kill me last night. Is that right? Why'd you do that? Now here's a real important question. I rest my hammer on the figure's head and wait a beat. Are you going to do it again? Thinking the answer is no. In fact, I know the answer is no. Because if not, I won't just shatter every last statue in this room. I will burn this house to the ground and salt (laughs) the earth. I will use my inheritance to turn this whole piece of land into a parking lot. Now, I am going to go make myself some breakfast. And I better not hear a peep from any of you. As I cook, I make a phone call to the contractor Milo referred me to. Lester. Um, hello, is this Lester? 
Are you, um, sorry, I got your number from Milo Clover and I was calling to inquire about your availability to do some work, um, around the Grimes estate. My name is Amy. Uh-huh. Well, is that something you would be able to help with? What time you want me there? Well, what time works for you? I'm free all day. I can be there in about 30 minutes, just button up a job site now. What job you need done? Well... A quote, I need you to turn this place into a bed and breakfast. Oh, Grimes Blaze, you said? Yeah, that's correct. I just inherited the location, and I believe it, well, won't be cheap, you know. Uh, That won't be a problem. Just come by and tell me what you think. All right, Miss Amy, we'll see you in a few. But the line is already dead. I'm beginning to think trusting Milo might have not been a great choice. Just then, Mary walks in, putting on an apron. Did you smash a statue with my sledgehammer? Yeah, sorry. It's okay, though. I talked to them about it. Sure. Gotta say, I think they deserved what they got, though. So do I. I... And I also think that they should keep that in mind. So are you trying to tell me that you're the house's new sheriff? Something like that. Now, we have to cook a meal... Uh, sorry. Jeez. The the problem is, I have it triple-spaced, and it's like the page breaks are in all the worst places now, and I am never going to scroll. Double-spaces. So much. Well, I'd have to actually go through and delete a space in between every line. (laughs) Because it, like, added an actual space. It isn't just, like, the... Sorry. Um... Sorry, uh, something like that. But now we have to cook a meal, not just for us, but also for a contractor. What's the best food to butter up a contractor that is not going to want to do all the work around the house? Oh, that's an easy one. Butter, of course. I like the way you think, Mary. Oh, I can make croissants. Yum, do that, and I can whip up some fillings. By the time Lester pulled up to the house in a rusting and squealing white transit van full of ladders, gosh, with ladders strapped to the top. What is happening to you? Full of tools. Sorry. The croissants were done. Jeez. The man that hopped down from the van was quite a sight. He had thinning white hair and a massive beard. One of his eyes was squinted like it was in direct sunlight. The beard hid most of his face, but I could see deep wrinkles. Um covered by wiry hair sticking out of his mouth was a massive and ornately carved pipe and i could see a handful of cigar cigars poking out of the top of his bib overalls that he wore over a white t-shirt both stained and worn soft and patched he slumped up to the house with an uneven gait his arms were bulging from his sleeves and a round stomach pushed out his overalls i was waiting by the door as he hobbled in slightly out of breath, with the pipe unlit but still pinched between his teeth. He held out a hand that looked more like a bear's paw made out of flat fingernails and knotted knuckles. Lester? That's right, Miss Amy. Uh, great. So I'm not sure where to begin, but I made some breakfast, so maybe come back into the kitchen? His face brightened, and he pulled the pipe out of his mouth and took a deep sniff. Mmm. We walked through the entryway, careful to dodge the the smashed statue, to the kitchen. There, laying out on the shining countertops, was a mountain of croissants. 
Next to it was a carved glass bowl full of cinnamon syrup swirled with butter, and then another filled with so a sausage and bacon gravy with herbs mixed in. Please enjoy, I said, gesturing to the food, and I'll grab you a cup of coffee. Mary had been good enough to also make coffee before she left the kitchen. I was feeling very pleased with who I had picked to be in charge of my bed and breakfast meals. Lester sat down with a humph, grabbed a pastry, uh... Slavered? <laughs> what word did I type there? What is happening to you? <laughs> Sorry. Grabbed a pastry, slathered, slathered is the word that I meant to put there, slathered it with cinnamon butter, and his eyes lit up. This is pretty good. Well, please eat all you want. We made tons. He sat there quietly eating and drinking coffee. Cultured butter on the rolls and in the cinnamon butter, huh? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's good and kind of tangy. Also, dill and red pepper flake in the gravy. That's good. Oh, thanks so much. I can send you the recipe. Lester reaches into, his, into one of his multitude of pockets and pulls out a dark wooden fountain pen and a worn notebook. He wrote it down at the top, Miss Amy Gravy. And then, as I described the recipe, he wrote in a perfect and ornate lettering the recipe in his little notebook. Thanks, Miss Amy. Now, what needs done? Well, let's walk. Lester got up and slumped after me, sipping black coffee and eating a croissant wrapped in a napkin. Okay, first things first, everything in this house that you think is creepy either needs to be moved to the basement or just somewhere out of the way. Then the walls cannot be all dark maroon, and we also need to lose all the curtains. Large windows you got. Open these up, bring in a lot of light. That would be great. I like the wooden floors, but they're so dark, so maybe paint the walls a lighter color? Well, we could maybe do a light tan with white accents on some of the parts of the wall, brighten the place up. Might do some shiplap on the lower half of the walls, too. That'd be amazing! Uh, let's go look at the rooms. Well, how's the bathroom? I don't know. Well, let's check that. Bathrooms make or break a place, you know. That's what all the magazines say. Uh-huh. Okay. You walk into the bathroom, and he scowls. There is one sink with no counter space, a dirty mirror, um, several frowning portraits, and no lights but for one flickering bare bulb and a tub that was beginning to rust through its enamel. Hmm. Bad. Lester walks in and starts to test the toilet, check the water for heat. He also tastes it. Need a new water heater and probably a softener and filter for the house. This all needs to be replaced, too. Tub could be nice if we refinish it, but everything else gotta go. Yeah, could we get some natural light in here as well? It's like a dungeon. Maybe we could do a sunlight, brighten the whole place. Paint white, hang some landscapes of the coast. What's above here? I have no idea. I haven't been in the attic. Let's go check it out. Lester walks around until he finds a pull string hanging from the ceiling. He gave it a tug and pulled down a squeaky fold-out ladder. Then he produced a bright little flashlight from yet another pocket and climbed up the ladder huffing and puffing, but surprisingly moving much easier vertically than he seemed to horizontally. Soon enough, like an old mountain goat, he stood up in the attic, Space shining his light around and silent. I got impatient and decided if he could get up there, so could I. It was a lot harder than it looked, but soon enough, I pulled myself up next to Lester and my heart dropped. First, there was the smell. Fresh earth and sweet rot. 
Then the shadows in the place began to boil. Even in the morning, with the bright flashlight with Lester standing next to me, as soon as I got into the attic, my ears were ringing. As he slides the light around the room, there were stacks of writing books everywhere. And on the walls, there were illustrations hung up, drawn and annotated by thin by a thin and spidery letters crammed into every part of a, the large and uneven the large and uneven pieces of paper that had been plastered up in some places the illustrations had been drawn directly on the walls the nightmares not even being limited to the paper that had been pinned up um there were brass and glass instruments piled around the room with a foul and with foul and thick liquids dried onto them and burnt-down candles left puddles of wax all over the room. The room was sick and haunted. Whatever had been done here, it was nothing good. Miss Amy, no offense, but I might have to charge you extra than my usual rates for this. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. And that is the end of chapter six. Okay, it's one of those things when I'm sitting here watch, well, listening, not watching you, wa- listening to you describe the story... And just, she's doing everything to piss off Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Smashing I mean, yes. statues. Re, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Cody. Cody, 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 Cody. As a avid horror watcher and a horror, not horror watcher, horror watcher and black man, I know what piss off Ghost. And I know that I would die first in these situations. So let's not do the things that's going to piss off the ghost. Shall well, we? so one <laughs> shall we? Um, short story, so you kind of can't yeah. do the slow burn. I know, like, you know, sh- she can't kind of. But also, like that's sort of the fun of it. Is for me, it's like I, like there is the little bit of Zach Baggins in this, where she like walks into a haunted house and is like, "Fight me, ghost! You want to go? I'll bring you down, ghost! You want to fight, ghost? Haunt me right now! I have an axe. Chop my head off." It's really just, like she just walks and smashes the statue. Is there anyone else who wants to fight me? Like, like it's a, like a challenge for like a freaking war right now. It's like, bro, bro, stop. Stop doing this. You are doing everything that's going to get you haunted. Don't. How about you don't? How about you stop? And it's like, it's like making it like part of it's like, it's really good story. You're doing great. But the other part's like making me nervous because it's like you're just building up a freaking nightmare right now. And I'm not about it. It's like, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan it's of It's like it. all, all the go- also, like I you're like- taking the big bottle of ghost juice. And you're just shaking it. It's like a soda. You're shaking the ghost soda. And then you're going to like open it. It's going to explode everywhere. You're going to be screwed. Ghost. Yep. And, and I love it. I, I It's it's actually super fun to write. I also like Lester as a character. I'm like excited for Lester as the the like because there's gonna be like three characters that are in this house dealing with the ghosts and it's you know like mary amy and lester <laughs> i just like the mr fix-it characters you know what i mean yeah just, it's just fun you know you just like meet these guys out in the world you know it's just like they're always what? in like a squealing van with the ladders on the top and they got like 
giant hands. They just say like three words and just shuffle around. I, like, I, I, yes, I you're think, the hero of my story. I think the one I like more is like the random exorcist. Like, I'm and I'm talking like poltergeist random exorcist, where it's just oh yeah, just like that that tiny lady who's just like I will fix your problem. Okay, she's my actual one of my favorite characters I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, like I, I know we've talked about po- her before. Poltergeist is like my number one recently. horror movie of all time. That and Night of the living dead are like my two favorite horror movies night of the living dead really like 1960s night of the living dead yeah i'm honestly surprised that one you've seen it and two you like it (laughs) why wouldn't i like it wait am i not supposed to no it's just like very boring for a zombie okay so the reason okay we are, are way off top, but the reason I like it is because it's a movie way ahead of its time where it shows like a very strong portrayal of a both a female and a black male character in a movie where you would have never seen at the time, never seen a portrayal of a black character like that. And George Romero just did it because like, no, he's a good actor. I like it. And there was no ulterior motives. He just like, he's a great actor. I'm going to make this movie. And it shows that it wasn't like there wasn't he wasn't writing a black character he was writing a character and i love that he was writing a human being and i love that and i i don't know night of the living dead's great and it's actually kind of terrifying at points no i it's it's, it's yeah it's no, like I what, really, one of so. one of my favorite horror, like that and, and then poltergeist because poltergeist is the most campy scary thing i've ever seen like a dude rips his own face off but also we have like the tiny little ghost um paranormal investigator who's just like yes i'm feeling a presence in this house <laughs> it's just like well it's so fun i love so okay i got a back step to talking about george Romero for a second sorry guys this just became the george Romero podcast right, or the sh- podcast we're talking about horror movies for a minute here <laughs> um like i got into horror movies kind of like later yeah. in not really later i was just like a late teenager because my my especially my dad like hates horror movies my whole family so we just never watched them so until i was older i never really saw them and then i got way into them and part of that was being like wait who's george romero and then i watched all of it so like i love night of the living dead and i would try to watch it with my friends and they were like cody this movie is unbelievably boring and no one cares but it brings in like because honestly it shows more of like the almost realistic way of a zombie apocalypse where it's like a slow yeah. build rather than like the ones like world war z where they're running over each other and climbing up walls you know it's like the slow build of oh crap we need to figure this out and then your neighbors suck and it's like trying to yeah, figure well, out like a way a to small like, story it's it's so contained it's, sorry we got i'm sorry i brought it up because it's such a it's good fine. movie and like but no, it's yeah, yeah. it's an excellent movie. Also, and it's, I just I love movies like that that can be so small and so focused and still like, because I think I'm trying to remember. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but that's one where like you're hearing about what's going on in on the, the world, TV. but you don't really see. Yeah, it. Yeah, you hear it on like, they're just, the like, news stuck and stuff. The and they like, keep looking at the news like you would if a situation like that was happening. Keep looking yeah. at the TV. What's happening? Looking at the internet, and they keep looking at the TV, and that's the only information you get about what's happening outside of this yeah. small story. And no, I, I really, I really enjoyed that. So I just didn't know you liked George Romero, Jordan. I didn't know yeah. that about oh, yeah, you. I learned something. He's a freaking genius. <laughs> but I, I, I guess just really quick, I will say um, is that it is a public domain mo- movie at this point. So you, anybody can watch. You can literally go to the Wikipedia page and just click on it there. Like 
it is public domain. You can That's watch awesome. it whenever, wherever. You can watch it on Twitch, technically, with a big group, like, which is how I, I did it recently, like, well, recently, last year during the summer. We had a big group watch through it on Twitch and had, com- like, commentary on it. So it, yeah. it's, it's a fantastic. Anyway, but back to your story, the actual thing that matters here. Your story is great, but you're shaking the soda of ghost juice. Oh, okay. So random other thing, though, about, uh, sorry, this is, yeah. it's related to my story, but anyways, um, so, gosh, this has like three parts. One, Poltergeist, little old exorcist lady. I like her character because um, I like when hero characters are kind of not the typical thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of having an old lady as like your mystic psychic yeah. is not totally atypical. But she's just so weird in that movie, like the tiny little old southern yeah, lady. Yeah, she, she's who, she's like, not the normal, um, weird like sorry old lady. Where it's like you get the oh yes, I can speak to this. You just get okay, so no. here I am. Let's figure out this problem, yes. <laughs> I think you're totally right. There is like a zany old psychic yes, like, archetype who yeah is like gonna wear like a flowy thing yeah, and be like has like the longer hair arms around like, look i can feel the presence is deep in this house but she's just like no yes what's this problem in this house yes she seems like a mean third grade teacher who's yes. like <laughs> who's like the ghost back talked me the ghosts are about to get put in their place. I don't care that I'm two feet tall i'm gonna yell in a ghost's face and i'm like you seem like you've been either like she seems, she's like almost like the secretary from Ghostbusters who's just like tired of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have a ghost, I don't care. They can be there on Thursday. Like, I don't care that you're getting slimed. They'll be there later. Bye. Like, the secretary from Ghostbusters is great. Anyways. Isn't that um, Sigourney Weaver? So. Or I no, no that's one? like the love interest. She's like a ah, cello player, I, I think, from, sorry, in the movie. I, the, I haven't seen Ghostbusters in a long time, so all the characters blend into one person. Yeah. She has like a she's like really monotone and droll, but it's like she picks up the phone. It's like I'm getting slimed. She's just like they'll be there Thursday. Click, it, great, Anyways, great character. Yeah, we, Anyways, what we're saying is we both like. Sorry, there's a point that I'm making about my story things. here. Um, so anyways, this is related. Uh, King Kong made by Peter Jackson. There's a part where there's like an action movie star who's like a coward and is running away from trying to help anybody as they're like trapped on skull island dealing with king kong and someone's like aren't you supposed to be a hero and he's like a real hero does not look like me he's like a real hero is like a dude with a beer gut and a and like he's 60 years old and he's the one that actually bothers to show up and help people he's like i look good and i'm out of here you know and i I like that idea of like having a hero character that isn't just like, look, it's Captain America, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, I want my like old Mr. Fix-It hero character who's going to be there like, statue attacked me, I hit it with a wrench. <laughs> like, that's, yes, that's the, that's the scene that I can't wait to write. I'm, I'm excited. When the house gets haunted part two and he's in the house dealing with a haunted house. I like didn't expect this character to be quite honest. I didn't expect to see that this is what you're going to be doing. Well, and also like, I think that a lot of times that like, this is like a character I've wanted to put in a story for a while. And it's because like a lot of times, um, I think that these types of characters are treated like, one that they're stupid yes and they're always like deviants or mean 
or, you know, like cruel for some reason. Like anytime there's like a weird old dude in a panel van, it's like, he's definitely after your kids. And I'm like, well, the reality of like 90% of the old dudes in the panel vans that I've met is all they do is talk about their grandkids and smoke cigars and drive around fixing wires and stuff. And they're like the coolest guys to talk to ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I like putting that character in who's like, just like I'm, just like an old dude. Like I don't know, I got grandkids. Yeah. I fix houses. Like yeah, own. you're awesome. I want you in my story. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I like I, I also because like um, David Lynch does this a lot where you he puts in characters that aren't your usual like movie star like looking characters where you yeah. get a lot of like normal normal looking people. They're not the beautiful movie stars. Like I think the only one really. I forget their names. Audrey is like the only other Audrey and the other girl. The only ones who are like beautiful, like characters. Everybody is just like a small, like actual small town human being. And like, like, and I yeah. like that idea of like putting in like that character who people would like talk down to or just be like, oh, well, they're not like your hero looking character. So of course they're not going to be able to help. And it's just like, eh, whatever. So, so I, well, I like that like you do like hint there a of natural, him, like, I guess is what you do. as they're like going around the house, like I wanted it to kind of be like, bouncing ideas off of each other which is why he was like he reads magazines about interior decorating yeah. so he's like oh we should put in a skylight and uh yeah we could put in some nice paintings of the ocean in the bathroom he's like gotta have the bathroom look nice yeah. that's what hgtv says yeah. and i'm like i like the idea of him you know watching hgtv advice because I, I i do on I, I, I do like that idea i i no, i like what you've done you've done a great story so far and like it's it's good I, i'm i'm happy I also I'm, I'm enjoying I, I, I like that we're tackling two different sides of like the paranormal stories because you know you know yeah, how much I, was I love worried about supernatural that, stuff and I and I, I like this is one of my favorite genres period the end supernatural horror all of that stuff I love it I live and breathe off it but like it's cool to see a, like two different takes is like mine is just like an episodic monster of the week taking yours is like the um haunted house taking and I, and I like it and I, I like what you're doing I like getting to hear your story because again I'm one who likes to know how things end but I don't get to know how this ends until it ends not for another yeah. three weeks yep, right yep. we got seven eight well yes four weeks seven eight nine ten yeah, right. that's how yeah because work. that's good because I'm glad on I have seven, four more chapters and not three. Yeah, yeah. So we have four more. Yeah. Um. So I already wrote seven. I'm halfway through eight. Right. Yeah, and then nine. Nine is gonna be like one of the transitions before the big like the final thing happens, and then I'm gonna have little epilogue stuff. So. But yeah, so that's why I'm I'm excited about this. Anyways, Cody, I guess we're at the end of the episode, huh? Yeah. What do you want to plug? Yeah, we're only 30 minutes over on time. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, but whatever. We talked about Night of the Living Dead for like five minutes. It's fine. But anyways, plugs, buddy. Oh, yeah. Wandering Gamer Network. Uh, it's a podcast yeah, we, we, or we're we on know. YouTube. It's been a hundred and how many episodes? 125 episodes of this. Yeah, we, we, we got it. We know what's happening with Wandering Gamer. Um, So really quick, I do want to quickly plug one of my friend's things because, you know, it's something. They, they started, like, their own little, like, business recently, and I want to support them. And also, we watched 14 hours of uh, – 12 hours of Ava together, so I think I owe it to them, <laughs> like, going on that ridiculous journey, even though technically I was going on the journey with them. But my 
I was gonna say like no 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 they owe yeah they you. do owe me. But, yeah so um <laughs> my friend Carla started their own like canning business where they do like jams and different things canning jams and stuff like that and they're selling them so if anybody wants to check out Carla's cans you can check them out on Instagram where they yeah yep yeah, they specifically did the name like that Carla's cans yes <laughs> Car- Carla's cans is like yeah you got some nice cans Carla um but yeah so so um they sent me a blackberry jam and a strawberry jam and they're both delicious that's what i was making like the um bagel sandwiches on freaking the jam okay so good. i'm gonna you level with you type in carla's what, I, cans. what happened here is i googled carla's cans and i found a facebook group and i'm that's like this must it. be it no Hold it's on, not it. it it's not but yeah so yeah she she does she's starting out her own things making jams pickles all that stuff so if anybody wants to check out it is Literally, Carla's C A R L A S underscore cans on Instagram. So yeah, Carla's cans. Look at check out my friend's cans. Then the other plug I'm gonna do is for another friend, but this is a show that we do together. You can check me out on um, Twitch.tv forward slash Floem P H L O O E M on Sundays where we do Chaos Fiction Theater, and we're back now doing some more horrible readings of fan fictions we just finished um the tale of dark yagami sorry light and dark the tale of dark yagami which was a horrible horrible fan fiction about death note and i will say it was absolutely horrible and just mind numbing throughout but the best thing that happened was randomly he has a character in it named magnetario which is the horse shinigami with magnets for shoes and um, that thing has antlers and eventually during the chapter gets stuck to the sex fridge um so because yes i'm sorry yeah sex there's fridge? a sex fridge wait yeah don't worry a bunch of characters have sex against the no, fridge. no 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 hang on we got to talk about the sex fridge real quick is it a fridge that you have sex on. in or storage for sex no items? no 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 they have sex against it oh that's not that's a fridge that you have sex against that's not that's a, sex a sex fridge, fridge. do they call no, it a sex i call fridge? it a sex fridge because that's what happened he gets, the horse gets stuck to the side of the fridge because he's has magnets for shoes and it was just like some of the humor that this guy wrote into the story was very funny, but the story was just so mind-numbingly bad. Where you could tell, like, I think it was supposed to be a parody, but it was written by, like, a teenager who thought he was funny. And it just fails so bad. But anyways, so check out Chaos Fiction Theater. And then you can also check out my other show on Twitch.tv forward slash something, I guess, zero zero. In which we, um, on Wednesdays, we do anime streams where we talk about anime. Um... Last week, I guess technically this week, we talked about mental health in anime, how it was portrayed, animes that like were good for our mental health, how you see characters deal with their mental health and all that stuff. So mental health in anime. And then also the last thing, sorry, these posts are long. You can check out my other podcast, The Side Characters, same places you can find this one. That was a mouthful. So anyways, thank you for listening. Cody, you got anything else? Nope, I'm done. Yeah, by this time, no one's listening. So thank you for listening. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. Bye. Bye.